Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. Who who are you? (laughs) He's blurry. He's blurry. He's Pete, everybody. Uh, I can tell this is going to be a good show already. I'm excited about it. You're excited about it. Uh, Quick question while we're going over logistics. I forgot to test my music. Did the music work? Was it working? Killer. Killer Killer track. Killer track. Amazing. Um, I think Pete poured some of his booze juice into his laptop. (laughs) Yeah, he was making a classic cocktail, a uh, vodka laptop. (laughs) Mm, Yummy. Mixing it up. Uh, Good. For those of you listening, Pete is washing his camera like a a bikini car wash. (laughs) Uh, So thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. Very excited to have you all here. We are live on Crowdcast over on video. We're live on YouTube, a.k.a. The Tube. If you're over there, give us a little thumbs up, like. We always like that. If you're listening to on audio podcast as well, we love you just as well, just as strongly as anybody else. Uh, and I'm excited about the show that we have tonight. We have two guests for you, two of our favorite guys to have here on the show. So I'll tell you what, I'm just going to invite them right oh, here okay. in the stream right no, now. Pete, oh. well, we, uh, we haven't got on the same page yet. Pete didn't even yeah. introduce himself. Um, oh, <laughs> shit. Okay. Uh, it's too late. It's too <laughs> late. Fred Van Lente is already Stepped here, everybody. And here's Ryan Dunley. Hey, Hello. Hey. Yeah, yeah. Welcome, guys. Uh, so I'm Fred and Ryan... We've had you on the show multitudinous times. This time we're having you back for an awesome new comic from IDW called The Comic Book History of Animation. Uh, it's yeah, very cool. Right uh, before we get into it, though, Ryan, I know you're jumping from Zoom meeting to Zoom meeting. We're just part of your busy <laughs> social schedule. If you need to eat, eat. That's important. I, I'm right? fine. I, I, I ate earlier, so I'm okay. just going to be spilling coffee on <laughs> Coffee sour? That's Amen. good. Talk to Pete. He knows about spilling stuff all over his laptop, so he's good. Uh, guys, very... Oh, that was so stressful. That, that, was, thing. that, just, that gave me a lot of anxiety-inducing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so let's talk about this book. Uh, you guys, obviously, uh, for those who don't know, have done tons of different comic book histories. Have you dealt in philosophers, presidents, other aspects of history? Um, but this one is a very focused, very different one, focusing on animation. Uh, where... Where did the idea start with? Like, what was the first gerb of, hey, this might be an interesting specific thing for us to tackle? Um, I basically bullied Fred into doing it. Um, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> like all comic books, a yeah, little bit of bullying. Much. I'm like, all right, enough of you know U.S. history, enough of philosophy. We did your stuff. Let's do my stuff. I want to do animation. So, uh, <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I, this is our... Two, three, four, five, six. 
this is like our eighth book together, so I figured, oh, wow. what the, what the heck? Give him a bone. Yeah, <laughs> that's the baby out of his bottle. Well, so wow. Ryan, uh, I, I mean, I know you're half joking here, but like, what is it? Uh, other than the fact that obviously you're an artist, what is it about this history in particular that you find so interesting? Um, I don't know. It's just something that I've always brought to. I've actually gravitated more towards animation than comic books. I've always been a cartoonist, mm -hmm. um, although I only dabbled in it as professionally. Um, it's like it's like the career that escaped me was 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 animation. I have just uh -huh. had a deep love of it long before I had a love of comic books since persisted like as comic books have come and gone. So in as an interest in my life. So, yeah, I knew a lot about it and I knew it would be I, I've drawn so many cartoon characters like as an illustrator and just for fun. And uh, I knew it would be an easy, <laughs> easy book for me to do and a really fun book for me to do. So yeah, I basically pushed Fred into it. But Fred's also, you know, was a film student um, originally and Ooh, uh, knew a lot about nice. that. And so that was, you know, I said, let's concentrate on this one little part. You know, maybe it'll, it'll be a really cool book. And uh, I think it has, I think it's turned out to be a pretty good project. Great. Ted, where are your lost arty student films that we can get a look at? Yeah, you know, I, I've I have them on VHS. Let's oh, do it. Roll them. Do the do the machines that can transfer VHS to the to the digital sphere still work, or did they all fall apart years ago? Um, only on Riverdale. That's the only place they work. Is that right? <laughs> yes. Alex has Riverdale brain, so he can't talk <laughs> a about much bit. else. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've got like I want to say about an hour's worth of movies that are all range between the mildly amusing to super pretentious. Yes, I want to see the most I just remember the funny ones. ones. Yeah. yeah, the funny ones turned out all right. The pretentious ones were okay. Yeah. Huh. Well, Love so Fred, it. then, and, and maybe this is a question for both of you, but then when you're approaching something that is broad as the history of animation, obviously you start at the beginning of it. That's where the book starts. But like it, the thing that I think is so great about this book is you are telling an engaging story. It's a narrative at the same time. It's not just this happened, then this happened, then this happened. So how do you crack that? How do you, how do you come up with a span of not just the individual issues, but the book as a whole when you're tackling an entire history like this? This is an auspicious uh, coincidental uh, interview because we actually finished the book yesterday, essentially. Yeah. Right? Oh. I mean, it's, we finished the last color page yesterday. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Wow. Adam, our colorist, finished the book yesterday. So, and that's uh, why animation exciting. is dead. The end. <laughs> <laughs> and no one watched it again. <laughs> um, uh, well, you know, it, it's sort of interesting, like where you sort of deal with the, like where you start something like this is often um, a challenge. Like a lot of people start the history of film with like, zoetropes right like the flip books like you take an image and you flip it or you put it in the spinner that colander right if you've ever been to the museum of the yeah. music moving image in queens and you sort of stare through the slits and it goes through i guess most science museums have it or on the subway that's still that's where i watch true. most of my most of my movies i get the zoetrope cut and just watch <laughs> oh, wow. it. Uh, <laughs> can i get my student film transferred to zoetrope yes Is I, I, I zoetrope I'm an originalist. <laughs> I believe in the pure form, so uh, right. you can take your digital, your filthy digital, and get it out of here. But we ended up booking the. Uh, there, are, there are also interesting things like the like the farm. So there's this guy Edward Muirbridge who was famous for doing these photographic studies of like horses, like when photography was invented the day before, and then he started taking wow. motion, quick motion pictures of like people jumping, like 
like high jumping and and horse and how horses horses in motion. That's when they first discovered you like finally put it to rest. Like oh, horses' hooves do leave the ground when they run. Like they right. didn't believe it till he'd actually gotten it on film. They thought it. They floated. Yeah, there, there, that? there was a debate. It's like you know, it was like the is the dress white or is it black? You know, it's hmm. like that. It, at the time, it was like is you know, does a horse's hooves actually leave the ground as you as it runs? But once uh, he took pictures of it, that put the debate to rest. Yes, they do. <laughs> and the ranch, the ranch from Bridge shot all that that footage is like Cal Tacker. Like it's it's mm-hmm. it's got another bizarre connection to like computer animation. And now wow. I'm blanking on what it was. But like so that then became like Pixar's campus is on huh. Bridges. Now yeah. I'm just spreading. Well, Cal investigator might be. But uh, uh, but we ended up starting with Thomas Edison. Well, what's cool about the book is that it, it bookends. Actually, that's not true. You started with. Um... Well, I started talking. with you. Well, you started with me, but we I wanted uh, more so using <laughs> using using, using drawings. As, you're still as, here yeah, after yeah, seeing me. Sorry, <laughs> I'm being pedantic about our own comic. <laughs> you're wrong. See, please. <laughs> well, yes, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Technically, the the first images are with chalk drawing, but we do that to then begin a discussion about Thomas Edison, who filmed yeah. the first animated movie, which was about chalk drawing, which is this vaudevillian pre-movies act people would do if you could flip back actually to the previous page um yeah so what ryan there is demonstrating is chalk drawing which is where you would you would start off drawing one thing and then suddenly you add a few lines and it would become something completely different like it goes from a marine scene to a to a cabin scene then turns into a guy bicycling and so you know they were starved for the for entertainment in the 19th century people and, and, and this <laughs> yeah. was really cool to them you know well i mean yeah. they were just busy watching horses float and that was pretty much it <laughs> that's right they were yeah they were down at the bar getting into fist fights so like i say the hooves do come off the ground <laughs> <laughs> no! that's right um and uh you know and so the the book ends up being uh sort of bookended by these two giant tech gurus thomas edison and steve jobs who you know later goes on to run pixar uh, and and bought it from Lucas Lucas uh, Arts Lucasfilm. Fred, you're giving away the ending of the book. Oh no! <laughs> giving away all the history it doesn't come out for two three months. It's a sled. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> watch that movie. There, it still holds up. Uh, wow! But uh, uh, Mank, right? No, I didn't like Mank. Actually. <laughs> okay. Mank is what made me watch Citizen Kane. Just as I watched the taste yeah. of Mank out of my mouth. Wow, that's an that'd be an that's an interesting turn of phrase, isn't it? Taste of Mank. <laughs> gonna get my taste of Mank. <laughs> Tell you what, that's like one I'm mank. putting in. I'm putting that in my Mank bag. Oh, Alex, come on, Alex you. I've been sitting on that for months. There's been no appropriate situation to say that, and <laughs> this also was not. Uh, exactly. I think you found a truly no play, no home for that joke. Uh, I mean, you're kind of touching on this anyway, but one of the things that I think is also very interesting about the book, and obviously this is a little bit of history, but I think there's some editorializing going on here as well, is you have heroes and you have villains. Like in the first issue, it certainly comes through that Windsor McKay is doomed hero is probably the wrong thing, but he's certainly very huffy throughout it at certain points (laughs) versus towards the end. You have this uh, spoiler for history, but you have this cliffhanger about Walt Disney where it's like, dun, dun, dun. It's very villain coming in, which plays out a lot through the second issue. So how do you approach that when you have these historical figures giving it that sense of, okay, this is kind of a good guy. This is kind of a bad guy. It's more just sort of it falls into sort of certain, you know, when you're writing fiction, they always say that that the important thing is is the characters try and fail, right? A drama. Mm-hmm. David Mamet says that that 
a drama is really nothing more than a series of attempts of a character to try and do something and then fail it. And then when he succeeds or she succeeds, story's over. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't necessarily agree with that 100%, but but there's a lot of sort of interesting parallels to that when you're writing uh, history. I think what you're trying to do is to sort of not necessarily create heroes and villains, but I think we gravitate towards people and see them as heroic when they're trying to overcome these great obstacles, right? Mm-hmm. Windsor McKay sat down and more or less hand drew, this is before cell animation was invented, before it occurred to somebody, hey, I don't need to redraw the background every time. He redrew the background on Gertie the Dinosaur like 10,000, 15,000, 20,000 times, I remember what it was. Wow. Um, yeah. And while Disney was basically trying to do original animation um, very early on in the mid-teens, and he got completely ripped off by his business partners, mm-hmm. Disney made it much easier for his business partners to rip him off by being a complete dick to everybody who worked for him. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if I would necessarily call Disney the hero of the story, but he definitely uh, was very driven. I mean, Disney was really good at being a boss. He wasn't really that great at anything else. He was not a great cartoonist. Believe it or not, he was not a particularly good salesman, and he he really did did a really good job of pissing other people off. Like he was just difficult mm. to deal with. Um, but because he had this sort of exuded this kind of paternal father figureness, a lot of people gravitate towards that. And he had this kind of cadre of worshipful employees around him, and mm. um, ultimately, the people who didn't. Uh, worship him tried to form a union that didn't go too well for <laughs> the studio that uh, darling old man hated unions and um, a lot of other he, he hated commies so many things yeah. i mean uh, from the well, artistic perspective and uh, i just wanted to ask uh, ryan over here uh and people got to see that who are watching on video on the pages a little bit uh but as usual you do take a cartoony approach with the stuff to the point that walt disney has the mickey mouse ears or yep. i think thomas edison if i remember correctly from two minutes ago was a squid and other things so uh, why approach it that way why was that important um well it keeps it a lot more visually interesting um because you know some of these histories are they tend to all the main figures tend to start to look alike and that was one way to keep them distinctive this was also all fred's idea he he came up with the brainstorm for that was like saying hey let's draw them we'd actually done it um before we had done in the comic book history of comics we had drawn walt disney as mickey mouse with this terrifying walt disney face Um, for the life of me why we did that (laughs) because we only did it in that story yeah it was a little strange but um we must have been really tired so, but it seemed to work. And so we just carried it through this. And uh, that was a lot of fun doing that. Um, just being able to draw, um, just to, you know, to preview ahead of time, like I drew, ended up, Chuck Jones shows up in issue three and he's Wiley Coyote. Um, hmm. You know, Miyazaki is Totoro. So, you know, we, and <laughs> the, there was a, there was somehow, especially that last instance with Totoro, um, I was really able to just, it was a lot easier to give, give them the expressions that I thought needed to carry the story and to carry the narrative than I think I would have if I was just drawing regular looking people. So, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I think all history books would be, it'd be much easier to understand history if that's the way all history books were made. Sure. You'll pay attention when it's like, yeah, yeah that's what I was trying to say is that uh, I really enjoy how much I learned from this and how interactive it feels um, and how like not only creative, like with the way you're kind of telling the story, but how much you kind of walk away from it, which is great. I mean, I've, 
given these comics to my brother kids who's really enjoyed them and i look like a hero for it uh but that the the, <laughs> the pat the part where they you showed us like the house that like turned around because the you know to follow Black the Raya, sun yeah, yeah mm -hmm. that blew my mind i was like oh my god that if, is so interesting if you go to west orange new jersey you can see it it's sadly it's a recreation and you cannot go in it because it is and the the park rangers told me this because it's a it's a it's a security risk like they're just worried it's gonna fall down any second now and oh, i'm like oh man I'm cool. I'll stay cool. here. <laughs> Since you What's guys are now, uh, for you, I mean, as readers, we're not, but for you, you're at the end of this project. Do you get to a point with these sort of things where you're like, I hate this now? Like, if you saw an animated movie, do you feel <laughs> Every like. Every day of Ryan's life. <laughs> <laughs> well, I only hate it when I start like... it, but yeah. Yeah. Then I'm like, then I get after you know five or six pages. I guess like, well, I guess this is my life now, and you know, I just like plow through it. I, I guess I meant more specifically, not about your book, not about your book, but about uh, like animation. Like, do you watch Soul and you're like, oh, I know too much about the how the sausage is made now? Yeah, no, not not animation. I mean, maybe if I worked in it, I would probably mm -hmm. start to hate it. But um, there's no. de definitely stuff that I I, I rewatched and I was like, huh, Akira kind of sucks. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. wow. Hot take. Ow! Yeah, that is a sizzler. <laughs> Hot take, Akira. If you're a 13 year old boy, it's I, awesome. I still have not watched I that watched all the way there. through an E-Man episode. It's ooh, oh god. Ooh, no, I mean, don't go back into that pit. It'll ruin. Yeah, it how many time. how many issues is that on He-Man and Thundercats? Two, three, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> He-Man gets more play than uh, than He-Man is the most is arguably the most successful cartoon on TV of all time. I guess I guess if you don't know really? The Simpsons then maybe not then the most successful kids cartoon at the highest ratings he-man was so popular because they they did it five days a week right so it was able to build this huge oh, i audience. remember yeah they they i mean they beat the local like uh you know early five o'clock uh network tv newscasts which i know the news who cares but hey when, when you're only competing with four when only four channels you know the three main networks and whatever syndicated network was showing He-Man. He-Man was the main exactly. way I got my news when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Another What's up with him? Uh, I did. I, I'm a little hesitant to ask this, but just based on the fact that there's several comments about this over on YouTube, and we've had comments about it here over on Crowdcast, uh, there's a lot of questions about uh, the various creators and anti-Semitism in particular. Uh, as you were delving into this, do you feel like, and I feel like this is following the same uh, turning against animation thing, but were there any creators that just you turned up so many stones and uncovered so many bugs that you're like, I, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> yeah. Not, oh, not with the, the book again, stuff. but like, I mean, like Walt Disney obviously has a very bleak paint portrait of our process. <laughs> <laughs> Walt Disney obviously has a very like dark past, right? right. Well, dark I mean, look, I'm not, I'm not here to defend Walt Disney. Walt Disney was a giant asshole, but like most narcissistic rich people, his politics <laughs> were did not really go beyond self-interest right mm -hmm. i mean uh, he was accused of being anti-semite there's no actual like quote-unquote evidence of that like but he did lots of terrible horrible things my favorite horrible thing that walt disney did was that um so disney when world war ii started they produced their production turned over entirely almost entirely to the military and they're making military films and uh so that gave them a special designation from the War Department that their employees could be exempted from the draft. 
while Disney personally chose who was exempted from the draft and who had to go fight, and the oh, only shit. people sent to go fight were uh, union leaders and people who had been involved in the strike. So we literally <laughs> sent people off to die for opposing him. You know, Song of the South is another sort of great example, like this famously ridiculously racist movie that he did uh, in the late 40s, um, where, you know, people even in the studio were like, why are you doing this? Like, yeah. What's wrong with <laughs> Nobody you? Nobody wants this. Nobody wanted it to do it. And I mean, and keep in mind, this is a movie that in 1946 they said was racist. You know? yeah. <laughs> and they, they will see, this is not some like modern, like, oh, you, 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 you woke hipsters are imposing your views. No, they said it was racist. The New York Times said it was racist in 1946. But he did this thing where he took the script and he sent the script out to like the NAACP and various black leaders and they gave him their notes, which he then promptly completely ignored. <laughs> and they just made the movie anyway, you know? Wow. Why did they, he do that? And they did the film premiere in Atlanta at the same oh. theater where Gone with the Wind premiered, which was Jim, which was run by Jim Crow. And so the stars couldn't go to the premiere <laughs> because they were black. Wild like asshole. Like I said, Walt Disney definitely an asshole yeah, i do yeah. think what I, what I love about this book Murderous and asshole. all and all is that you incorporate those stories and those those little pieces of history so well into this sort of overarching history like the the bit in uh, i think the first issue the woman who was the wife of um an animator who drunkenly fell out the window to her oh death oh my god yeah, yeah. Really yeah. With that. such a random like sort of small sidebar story but like sticks with me so hard and those little pieces you don't get that anywhere else. I feel like it, your your books always bring those just great little pieces like that. Yeah, I think please. So yeah. many times, especially when it comes to like these when you learn about entertainment, it's usually sponsored by the company itself. It's like, yo, hey, there's all these do documentaries <laughs> about Disney on the Disney Channel. Of course, they're going to yeah. skip out this stuff. Like, oh, look how racist our founder was. But you know, with us, we don't have to. We're we're not tied down to stuff, stuff like that. So yeah, that's that is a good point. I mean, most all the wars. Most histories of pop culture, well, this was more the case in comic history comics, are written by fans who kind of want to like, you know, still want to sort of have this almost childlike sort of belief in, in the things that they like. Ryan, I don't give a shit about anything. You need nihilists. We're nihilists, you know, yeah, we're, yeah. we're it all down. Well, you know, I gotta say, I I came away with a much bigger admiration for filmation than than I yeah. had coming in. I mean, Absolutely. artistically, not so much, but as a company and as a group of people, they were they were something else. I was infuriated when DC Universe, the late great DC Universe, took down the the filmation card. The filmation uh, Aquaman cartoon is amazing. It, it really is. is. It's the so bananas. Yeah. I remember we had that on tape on VHS tape when I was a kid, and whoof! It was everything about it is crazy. Oh, it's a crazy so good. Yeah. <laughs> so at this point, two issues are out, right? And the third issue is coming out pretty soon. Is that Next, correct? Yeah, February third. February third. Okay, so we've covered some of the Disney era, but not all of the Disney era. What can people look forward to with the third issue? That one's cartoon cool. It's Ryan's best cover he's ever done. Oh yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, we look, get into um, war when I don't know. Uh, Mary Blair features in that a lot. Um, UPA cartoons is is featured quite a bit. Big Walt Disney's famous, you know, battle against communism while he was taking also taking money from the government in order to make make films. Um, you know, yeah, they and, basically made Walt Disney leave the country because the yeah. strike was going so badly, and they sent him on a goodwill tour of South America, and he brought this 
artist, Mary Blair, with him, who became sort of this incredibly famous designer who was the art director on um, Alice in Wonderland, Cinderella, Mm. On the other Sleeping one. Beauty, I think, also. Yeah. Sorry? I think Sleeping Beauty as well. But then yeah. she also did Sleeping design, Beauty. like, it's a, the It's a Small World ride. And a yeah, her big stuff. claim to she designed It's a Small yeah. World, mm. uh, which yeah. premiered in the, um, the, the World's Fair in 1964 here in New York City. Uh, and but a lot of in- the, the mid-century, like, sort of 50s and 60s yeah. uh, cartoon design, flat design, owes a lot to her. And so we go deep into her... Um, her background and influence there, there was, in that issue. There was a very famous studio of the 50s called UPA that is, I guess, best known for creating Mr. Magoo. And they did mm. this cartoon with Dr. Zeus called Gerald McBoing Boing, which won the Oscar, which is unwatchable. <laughs> Don't like it. <laughs> Not a big Dr. Zeus guy. Anyway, the book's good. Uh, looks nice. The book's good. The book's good. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and uh, He Man, Gerald McBoing Boing, Akira. I'm just going to stick my thumb into Akira's eye as much as possible. Uh, I like you're hard wrapping Aquaman, something that no one rides. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No Are one you? rides for Aquaman. I ride for the, Aquaman. You ride for the movie Aquaman. Aquaman which no uh, one rides for. And so, the, the basically, Whack, our palace at Whack, which were very much. Uh, the House Un-American Activities Committee went really went after you pretty, pretty hard because there were a lot of lefties and union people and and, and uh, uh, straight up uh, members of the American Communist Party involved with the studio and it basically ran them out of business. However, a lot of those people then went and started to work with Warner Brothers, and so that's where we get the so really the the triumph of the third issue is is we get some of the greatest animation in America of all time, which is those, those fifties Looney Tunes, like what's yes. opera doc and the, oh, the, yeah. all, all the road, road runners, runners Bugs Bunny yeah. cartoons and mm-hmm. uh, Ryan's favorite. What is my Duck favorite? Yes. And so, Duck up, of course. And so duck them up for those of you guys who spoil alert for a seven minute movie that was released 60 years ago is about Donald duck trying to do this cartoon. The animated screwing with him. Dabby duck. Pardon me. Dabby <laughs> getting screwed with, and then the big reveal at the end is that the animator is Bugs Bunny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, so good. I blew what, my mind as a kid. Yeah, yeah no, it's 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 it, in the '90s they did this uh, uh, poll, the greatest animation of all time, and the first place was What's Opera Doc, and second was was um hmm. uh was Duck Duck-a-Muck. Muck. Yeah. Really? yeah, and yeah, I yeah, yeah. Duck Muck first. Personally. The other cool thing about Duck Muck is that is a Duck Muck is a chalk talking routine. Like if you if you can't really wrap yeah. your brain on what 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 the chalk talking routines were in the nineteenth century, that was basically what mm-hmm. Duck Muck was was keep changing the lines and everybody. I oh, that's don't so know that they did that on purpose, but that's what it is. Yeah, I think it was no. just. Uh, this is getting into spoilers for later issues, but where does Boss Baby fit into all of this? <laughs> we have we do have an evil baby. Oh, you do. Oh, okay, all right. We do from Tin Toy. It's not the boss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alex's notepad for this show is just Boss Baby circled like a hundred times. <laughs> Find Get out. To it. Get to bottom of this. Is it now? That's Alec. Is that Alec Baldwin's greatest role? Is it better than Thirty Rock? <laughs> yeah, ah. I, yeah, I think. so. I don't know if it's better than Thirty. Rock. Better than play, Prelude to a Kiss. Number one, Boss Baby. Number two, Duckamuck. Number three, 30 Rock. I think. <laughs> uh, you guys have a bunch of other projects going on. Fred, I know you have King Kirby is coming out as an audio drama. Is it next week? This Woo-hoo. week? What, what's going it on? It is in two weeks. It's February okay. 10th. King Kirby, which is a, a drama about the life of Jack King Kirby, uh, written by my wife, Crystal Skillman, and myself, uh, with the original cast. 
the original New York cast. Uh, it's now is an audio drama with new music by Bobby Cronin. Uh, it's super awesome. It's going to be dropping the Broadway Podcast Network and iTunes and Spotify oh, and all that awesome. stuff. That's so cool. Yeah. That's we did great. a reading of it, I believe, on our show. Yeah, uh, we did. You had oh, wow. Crystal on. That's yeah. right. That's right. That was awesome. And Brian, what about you? Uh, anything else you want to plug other than comic book history? Of I wish I had something to plug. I really don't. So, <laughs> guys, well, you're doing all these Zoom meetings. You're doing all yeah, these Zoom meetings. Yeah, well, let's, I'm trying to get my kid into high school. So, if you can do uh... help me, with, help me with that. That's what that's for. Yeah, that Ryan, Ryan's for. Ryan's son is six years old. You have to start now. <laughs> Ryan's son is is a boss baby, and he's trying to get him. Yeah, <laughs> Amazing. Uh, Fred, Ryan, thank you so much for coming on. Great seeing you as always. The book is awesome. Can't wait to read issue three. All right. Have a good night. Always a pleasure, guys. Later. All right. There we go. Fred Valenti and Ryan Dunlavey. The book is Comic Book History of Animation. Always good to see them. It's from IDW. As mentioned, first two issues already out. Third issue coming out beginning of February. Uh, Even if you're like, I I hope we got this across with the interview, and we've certainly talked about this on the stack, but even if you're like, history, these books are so much fun to read. So fun. They're so funny, and Mm -hmm. the fact that it's all like real stories about animation, something I'm super interested in love, is so great. The small little pieces, you can't hear that information anywhere else, and it's just good. Uh, yeah. Also, the King Kirby uh, play that uh, his wife, they wrote together, is really just amazing, really worth, uh, you want to talk about learning something, and, and it's just really very moving and very, very cool. So definitely worth checking out as well. Absolutely. You know what also is worth checking out is our next section, which is my favorite section because you guys make it up. It's your audience question. And for that, we're going to go to you all watching out there. If you're over on YouTube, I'm keeping one eye on the comments over there. So drop a question about absolutely anything and we are happy to answer it. Over here on Crowdcast, you can drop it and ask a question. See a bunch of you have already done that. And if you're listening to the podcast, it's too late. No, you can whisper the question aloud in the room you're sitting in. We'll answer it. I think so. We'll hear. It'll be carried upon the wind. Yes. No, if you're listening to the podcast, you can always send us an email at comicbookclublive at gmail.com, and we're happy to read it here on the show. But let's kick it off. Oh, yes, Pete, you have an alternate. Or just hit up Alex on Twitter and just berate him with your question over and over again. It's a (laughs) great idea, and it works. It works. Mm. I have things to say about this, but I'm not going to record them publicly. Let's talk about what we're drinking. Yeah, I don't want to insult oh. anybody. I don't want anybody to feel bad. That's oh, okay, interesting. You don't want to say something like assholes on the internet or something. You know, you don't. I want think to he means you. Like I think he means you specifically, Pete. Pete's constantly oh, okay. like uh, tweeting me, being like, "Hey, what's going on? When is the next episode of Riverdale on?" And I'm like, Pete check the tv listing <laughs> also uh, ask we talk to each other almost every day like yeah. you could just ask them yeah if you know me i'm on twitter hard like that's all i'm doing is tweeting my ass off um oh well thank you for asking i am uh trying out this new flavor of mountain dew where it's a combination of is like that pizza flavored soda. it looks it's like, like pizza flavored the color of that bottle <laughs> like, is problematic yeah, if you if you're thinking to yourself, man, I like Mountain Dew, but I also like orange soda. I highly recommend Livewire. Um, I've tried it sober, not as good. It's better when oh. you're drunk. Mm. That's true of more. all. That's true and, of all Mountain Dew products, I believe. Eh. So you're drinking that and uh, vodka. vodka. Yes. Nice. 
Uh, I'm drinking a Negroni. Made myself a Negroni there. Very nice. Ooh, there you go. Yeah. I didn't have time to go out and get beer today, so I went to my extensive bar and mixed myself a drink. Ooh, extensive. Oh. Okay, Barflex coming yeah, up bar strong flex. right now. Yeah. Uh, well, What's in this extensive bar? Is it uh, layers and layers of just... It is actually too much imagine. liquor at this point. I spent most of yeah. quarantine like slowly building it up to a better uh, bar, but... Uh, He's got How like six. He's got sixty bottles of like nutmeg liqueur and one <laughs> bottle of gin. <laughs> I buy a bottle and then I drink it, and then I go buy another bottle. I don't How know am I supposed to make a nut and tonic without <laughs> nutmeg liqueur? Come on, man. Nut and tonic. Nut and My tonic. drink of choice, uh, bartender. I'll have one nut and tonic. <laughs> and that is a nutflex. Nutflex. <laughs> You just you see that. how we do it. There's a little forced. I think yeah, I, I, it was. Alex, it was, <laughs> it was ordained when we, I first said nutmeg. It was clearly a faint no, to, I get know. You to get to nutflex. We're always good. just working in and out of the nutflexes. That's no... a little uh, technique I like to call yes and oh, <laughs> that you. I invented. Justin, what are you drinking? I've got a little um, Elvis juice. From uh, the Brewdog Brewery, a great IPA. I would drink something called Elvis juice. No, it's good. I feel good. I'm I'm gonna go die in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Don't uh, have right. that's a great segue to get into some questions. Let us go over here to YouTube first. Isaac Carter says, which comic book character you feel needs a beard? Great on point question. We all have beards right now. Which yeah, comic book character most needs a beard? Who doesn't have one? Who, who doesn't have? Who doesn't have? Who doesn't have one? I feel like it's been it's been something in comics when a, a hero grows a beard, they're having problems. And I don't know if that's true for mm-hmm. the three of us. Pete has had one all the time, so yes. maybe we. That's a try lot of your own conclusions. Try your own conclusions. And, and hey, you two grew beards too, so fuck my. Only as the world has fallen apart have we yeah. grown beards, but you walk around with a beard every goddamn day. <laughs> yeah, that's right. My life was falling apart early. I was ahead of the curve. Uh, I don't know. Captain America? <laughs> wow. Sure. <laughs> I do feel like, I mean, you're right. That's the problem. Every time, every person that I think of, I'm like, well, they had a beard at one point. Peter Parker can have a beard, but you know he's in a bad place if he has a beard. That's what's going on. Exactly. Uh, so, I, I mean, what, like, if a Robin grew a beard? Like if like Damien Damien Wayne was like, look, Dad. Yes, like, I thought about what... it really hard. That's how amazing I am, and I yeah. grew a beard, even though I haven't. Yeah, but that's the, if you just got like a little mask on, that beard's really going to give you away. Mm-hmm. Batman <laughs> could grow a beard that would cover more of his face, or he could wear a fake beard. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what he would have to do. Just yeah. sew a beard into the cape and cowl. Yeah. There you go. Uh, great question. Let's go over. Kevin asks on Crowdcast, if you could come up with ice cream... Man, people are really challenging us today. If you could come up with ice cream flavors based on comic book characters, what would you come up with? Wow. Coming up with ice cream flavors is um, an area of our culture that I think we're running out on. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what I ordered last night was everything bagel ice cream. Oh, See? what? I'm, I'm here for that. Yeah. No. It's a cream cheese ice cream. With, oh. I think, like poppy seeds, some garlic, a little sesame seeds in it as well. I should get here that. sometime in February. Very excited. Uh, oh, it's not. You haven't tried it yet. <laughs> no, I ordered it. And they were like, great. We'll send it to you by February 8th. And I was like, it. well, I'm not going to care by then. 
Well, yeah, this is, <laughs> hate to tell you, ice cream company, but this is an impulse buy. <laughs> <laughs> I need this right now or not at all. Yeah. Um, I, because uh, I feel like most like mainstream ice cream companies, they're just like, well, this one has cookie dough and brownies and pretzels and also some other things. Hershey Kisses, um, um, gummy worms, yeah. um, um, there's no actual cream in it and it's not icy at all. It's just yeah. a bucket of chocolate. <laughs> Love it. Uh, no way, though. Ice cream flavors based on comic book characters. I mean, there were a bunch of them. Uh, Ample Hills did Spider-Man, Captain America, Black Panther, and something else. The Spider-Man one was weird because it was like Aunt May had made Peter Parker an ice cream, but it was cherry pie instead of wheat cakes. Not that I want to eat wheat cakes flavored ice cream or anything like that, but mm. I don't think anybody was like, oh, yeah, I associate Aunt May with making cherry pies all the time. Yeah. Well, yeah, or wheat cakes. Aunt May, I'm not like Aunt May, famously always doing that. She's famously Peter, Peter Parker was always demanding her wheat cakes. It was like oh, I can't what wait a, to eat your wheat cakes. Wheat Let's Who update knows? that reference. Let's Nobody update knows. that reference. Those are what? Those are pancakes, but old, right? <laughs> <laughs> I assume they were pancakes made with like whole wheat. Um, yeah, no, I I know what they were going for, but who would call it wheat cakes? That's like uh, terrible. It's oh, a frontier. Uh, I'm going to go cake? with wheat cakes. Um, I think uh, let's have a Hulk ice cream, a real yeah. strong pistachio. No, I think it's uh, you know, it's mint chocolate chip, right? It's all green, little little Hulks in there, you know. Yeah. Uh, how about a Batman ice cream with swirls of vengeance and chocolate pearls? Oh, mm. <laughs> chocolate pearls, white white I chocolate. Was, I was all white about the swir- swirls of vengeance, but then the yeah. pearls was too far. Sorry, Pete. Uh, all right, we're going to go over here to YouTube. Nelson Martinez asks, what is currently your guys' favorite show that is coming out weekly at the moment? i got to go with Search Party. I binge the whole series, but I love anticipating each new episode now. Um, I've been loving Search Party. Um, I know a- Alex is about to nutmeg flex on that he's already seen it all, but um, I think the way they're releasing it in chunks, in the, the, the different chunks, um, mm-hmm. have sort of very different feels to them, I think is... It's great. That's the show. I was trying to figure out what the show was that I was trying uh, that I've been meaning to check out in Search Party. Is that yeah. on Prime? Uh, HBO Max right now. Man, Max has everything. Alex really had to eat his shame to open up right. the HBO Max app. <laughs> uh, for anybody who hasn't checked it out, we talked about it a bunch on our Week in Geek podcast, but Search Party is a lot of fun, really dark comedy. Uh, but the fourth season is out now. They're putting out the final episodes of the fourth season on Thursday. Uh, yes. re- this is my Netflix. Is They're really interesting. Um, I'm curious to see what everybody thinks afterwards. It's ah. a wild show because the premise in the first season uh, is they move past so far past it that it gets to become this whole new animal that is yeah. is wild. Um, I'm, I'm watching what we do in the shadows right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, really loving that. Um, I l- left it for too long. And then the next show I'm going to watch, which I've been heard raves about, is Patriot from a couple years ago over oh, on yeah, Amazon. yeah, I heard great things about that. I've never checked yes. it out. That's the um, next get. I'm like, going to uh, oh, go check out Ted Lasso. I've heard great stuff about it. So How many times it. have you watched that at this point? 30? Yeah, it's way too many to count. 
Uh, it's insane. Uh, my favorite show right now is Dickinson on Apple TV Plus. Mm. Uh, so good. Go. Love the show. Um, if, You're just uh, plugging shit you write stuff about. You know what I mean? I doubt you. Yeah, watch those are the show. things that I watch, but That's also it's an incredible <laughs> show. <laughs> You're just fucking talking about what you spend all of your time doing, which is watch shows. <laughs> uh, busted. Pete, what are you watching? Uh, I told you already. Um, so you said Ted Lasso, which that doesn't count as an answer. It does. If you keep watching it, it still counts. So, yeah, well, we don't say you don't we you spin your Mountain Dew um label around, you don't count that as a, a watch binge watching is something, right? Sure do. <laughs> That's not how you read, by the way. Don't do that. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, let's go back read. over here uh to Joe. Now that Looney Tunes are canon in the DC universe with Porky's Bar in Gotham City, yes. what other animated characters do you next want to see in Gotham City? Mm, good question. Um, I mean, I, well, just a moment on that. It is wild that um, Porky Pig is legit the bartender. It was in, um, I think, Batman Catwoman, maybe the issue from a couple weeks back um, that you see that he's the bartender there. Like, I, I think that is so fun. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a pig Pete? from Ruby. Who would you want to see? He-Man? Yeah, Panthro. I'd Panthro. say Panthro. <laughs> Great. Thanks, Pete. Always leaning on Panther. What do you want him to do in Gotham City? Anything. Panther's the greatest. Open up a mechanic shop? Because he just fixed the vehicles, right? How dare you? Isn't that his whole thing? Uh, he did more than that. He was the Donatello of the Thundercats. Oh, my God. Uh, so, did it <laughs> I'll mention this. We have a, a viewer over on YouTube named Walking Tours. Uh, that is very into the movie Party Monster, it seems, says, you guys should check out Party Monster. It's really good. And is there a Party Monster Marvel crossover? <laughs> I don't think so. I haven't watched Party Monster. Is that the Macaulay Culkin I think movie? it was the Macaulay Culkin movie, yeah. The one famously where everyone was like, oh, Macaulay Culkin. was like, whoa, this dude's different than he was when he was a kid. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, Home Alone 3, right? Yeah, yeah. there's a star- strong line between... Um, the, he's more the good son. That's he followed that path as opposed to the the Home Alone. Yeah. Oh, uh, just a follow up here. Taylor Swift was also in Party Monster. There you go. I'm big, on board. big chatting sure. about Party Monster over there. Uh, thank you for the question. Walking tours. Uh, this is from Ben the Border Collie. Do you have any fun comics or related media dreams you can share? For example, I had a dream last night that Allison Mack of Smallville and Nick's <laughs> sex cult fame tried to reassure me as I had a panic attack about a lack of social distancing at a Chuck E. Cheese birthday party. Um, I'll tell you wow. what. I would not trust her. I think she had an ulterior motive there. Wow. Uh, <laughs> That's a very elaborate, detailed dream. That's a good question. Have you guys ever had a superhero dream? Uh, When I was a kid, I used to have superhero dreams all the time, and they were not flying dreams. They were kind of like floating a foot or two in the air dreams. It was usually, I can remember this very distinctly from when I was (laughs) 9, 10, whatever, it would be I'd be have be able to swing like Spider Man past my grandmother's house, but I'd only Weak be cake. able to, to get like a foot or two above the ground. And I'd be like, I'm swinging, but not very high. Nice. So you had like a very responsible flying dream. <laughs> yeah. Such a good boy. Such yeah. a good boy. Uh, hey. <laughs> 
going on? We have another question from Walking Tours over here on YouTube. Did you guys watch Party Monster yet? Yet? I did just watch it. Pretty yeah, good. Just watch it. It's good. Check yeah. it out. Pretty good. Great, great stuff. Uh, no more questions. I think we're going to put an X-Day on questions about Party Monster. Let's go over to Nick Grayson here. Hey, here's the thing, Alex. I don't know if you were able to stop yourself. You're not. I've noticed <laughs> yeah. you don't vet a lot of questions. Uh, yeah, just no, there's, this is uh, this is uh, my version. Of, my version of your flying dream is I would have a dream, uh, a recurring dream, where I would jump. I had the power to jump very high, and then mm-hmm. I would get to the apex of my leap and realize that I had a real problem on my hands. Yeah, <laughs> you're just going to fall to your death that's what I'm talking about. Oh man! Uh, but I've I've never had a dream where I was like hanging out with superheroes, or I've definitely had supernatural dreams where supernatural things are happening. But it definitely isn't in the sort of superhero style. Yeah, yeah. The only thing I can really remember is my nightmares. So I don't really remember my dreams. As much. Tell us about your nightmares. Well, I have this one reoccurring nightmare that um, we're all around this lake. And not like we're all like the three of us, but we're like, there. there's a bunch of, bunch of people. You might be there, but I'm there. Yeah, I'm uh, there for sure. Okay, and uh, there's a monster in the water, and I'm the only one who sees it. And people are in the trees, you know, like hanging out or whatever. And mm-hmm. it's like an, at an angle where it can jump out of the water. It can't get you like if it's on land, but it, there's some. So I'm trying to get people to come down off the trees, and then people are getting pulled in the water and dying. And I'm running around trying to save everybody I know and love, and pretty awful wait the monster can only get people out of the trees yeah because for some you're telling them to come out of the trees i'm I'm like please get down get down there's there's so the monster can eat you no i'm saying so the monster doesn't eat you get down and they're not listening on the ground Mm. yeah interesting i love that i do think you are often like i'm the only one that sees the monster in a lot of the things that we do together yeah and then it's also frustrating because I try to say things and nobody listens or understands me. You know what I mean? Well, anyway, I, I don't know what you're saying, but let's <laughs> yeah. move on. Uh, anyway, I'm going to climb up this tree and just hang out. No, by myself. No. Uh, this is from Nick Grayson. Would you rather read a great story starring your favorite character in a new character defining burning the past style story or an equally great story that taps into the classic core of the character? Ooh, hmm. good question. I, I feel like I kind of hate that this answer is true, but I think classic core of the character is where I go to. Like there's something about, no, no, no. But I I think there's something about like when I read somebody who really gets what the character is about, I like that more than like, we're going to burn everything that you fucking know to the ground. You know? Well, here's what I like, which I guess it's sort of a cheat answer. Like I want the new take that somehow reflects or pulls back, calls back the core of the character, which I think Mm. is, Sort of what the best comic book storytelling does that. It's like, look at this new thing, and then it's on a an essential part of the core character. I think you guys are going too far with the question. It ends right at a great story. I don't give a shit as long as it's a great story. You know, the writer, yeah. the artist can do whatever the fuck they want. Great story, I'm in. Coming from a man who famously loves change in his comic book characters. <laughs> Uh, we got another one over here from YouTube. This is from Walking Tours. Said I had a dream I was in the Justice Stop League, but they kicked me the out for talking tour. about Party it's Monster that. too much. It's a fucking Nat. Stop letting Nat ruin our show. <laughs> Interesting that you think it's Nat. I really don't think that's that. Uh, Edward Doherty says, "What?" But for real, uh, Walking Tours, thank you so much for your Party Monsters questions. I, I think we're done with them. At Let this me point. throw it out here. I think that's Macaulay Culkin. 
<laughs> viral campaign. Edward Doherty says, why were comics such a social faux pas during the entire 90s comic boom, despite issues of young blood and bad rock selling many times more than the top comic of and comics being accepted in 2020? Interesting. Um, well, I think, uh, I mean... I, there's probably actual um, facts that back this up, but I do think that was uh, the actual. This comic- show? Nah, not oh, not from us. We're journalists, yeah. but we don't have sources or check facts. Oh. Um, I think that uh, the collected the collectors market is what came in, and it was like speculators. So it wasn't it wasn't people that really loved comics or the f- fans of comics. So it was only the so the factual fans of comics didn't change, and so the trajectory of being accepted only. Uh, happened uh, recently. Let me guess, Alex. Yeah. Something about Party Monster. Walking Here's through. the thing, Alex. You're the Party Monster. <laughs> yeah. You become. I'm the sorry. Party I'm just fascinated by this. Are you drunk? <laughs> like, what the fuck is <laughs> going on with you, man? This person walking to us says, <laughs> "Why are you? Wait, what happened to you? What happened to you? You know what? what? We we have no check. We have no one else in the YouTube." Because Alex is broken. Alex is broken right now. It is me, Nate, and then corrected it to Nat and said, I am your friend, Nat. <laughs> oh, I mean, that's funny. That's what I'm I saying. I don't know if it's that funny, but all right. Uh, wait, what were we talking about? The 90s comic book boom? <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> You've been shattered. I feel I honestly really the beard. Been. The beard is showing that Alex is in crisis. <laughs> the the beard is. Yeah. This is when Peter Parker's <laughs> on another planet and he needs to get back to Earth. Alex is in that place, and that planet is the party monster. Oh my oh god! god. <laughs> oh, it's killing me. Um, it, it is. I mean, I will mention this is something actually. My wife and I were weirdly trying to try to write the ship. Good luck getting back on the tracks, <laughs> crazy train. <laughs> Hello, I'm the crazy train. I'd like to get back on the track. <laughs> I'm right now. I'm ignoring another comment about party monster over there and just you're going not, on with this. You're not actually. <laughs> you're not. You just brought it up. You're not. You dumbass. We're gonna look back on this show and be like. <laughs> We never got him back. This Alex. is where Alex broke. We never got him back from that moment. We couldn't put him back together. It's like Humpty Dumpty. Whew. Good times. <laughs> I don't, you were saying I don't something know. about you and your wife? Yeah. <laughs> Look, he, Alex is sweating. <laughs> I'm, I'm completely drenched in sweat. Uh, <laughs> He's sweating about it. <laughs> I don't know. Um what was I saying? Oh, yeah. Just the, just I, I do think it's interesting. We were talking actually about like comic conventions when we were younger. She never really went to them. I did. But I was thinking specifically about like, even at that point, even in the 90s, the hierarchy of nerds that were there in a weird way. And I remember going in and being like, well, I'm a comic book nerd. And over there, those are Star Trek nerds. And then there would be like one guy walking around dressed as Tom Baker from Doctor Who. And I'd be like, who the fuck is that? Get out of here, you nerd. And oh, that's, come on. No, but like that's, that's I think, what that hierarchy was like when you went to a comic book convention at that point. Whether it was right or not, it wasn't. You know, it's wrong. But I think it's interesting how that has changed and things have been more accepted. And there is more acceptance of like, even if you're in the smallest fad base, that's still cool now. And I think that's a much better way of looking at it. Yeah, I think that's a great point because 
the internet sort of changed that because every we all had our, our weird interests and however we arrived at them is how we got there. But now the internet changed all that where we could know about Doctor Who and know about all this stuff. Yeah. Wait, wait. So then you're much more Salvin, accepting. You were, you were going to comic book conventions as a kid, judging people at the conventions and ranking them? Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I, I tried to think of another way of describing it, but that's exactly what I was doing. Oh, yeah. my God. Unbelievable. But Can't there be a safe place where we can all just congregate no, and enjoy No, but I remember looking around because like, I was interested in nerddom even then and like the different sections of it. So it was interesting seeing... like where people are gravitating towards and going to these comic book conventions, people are going to the comic book tables. They were talking to the different comic book shop owners and there was like lots of traffic around there. And then you'd have the people, at the star Trek table being like, Hey, check us out. What's going on. You like star Trek. And then there'd be that one random guy walking around with the top Baker thing. Well, and especially back then, cause it felt like it's like, you're, this isn't your home. Star Trek. <laughs> Person, it's a comic convention. Go to a Trek, Trekkie convention. Well, but there wasn't really that thing. Yeah, like there wasn't, wasn't the same there. separation yeah. that way. I mean, as Kevin's pointing out, as a Doctor Who fan, I was often completely left off the list. And this is actually that's how the conversation started because we have uh, a calendar that has all of the different Doctors from Doctor Who on it. And both my wife and I were like, I recognize Tom Baker. Some of these Doctors I've never seen anything of, and it's weird. That 2005, when there was the reinvention uh, from Russell T. Davies, that it just suddenly blew up and became this worldwide thing that was accepted in a way that it wasn't in the same way. It was very nerdy. Um, So, I don't know. There there wasn't really a conclusion there so much as I think it is, to the point of this question, very interesting how, despite the divisions, geekdom, nerddom, whatever you want to call it, has become far more accepting of different types of fandom, which I think is cool. Was it weird when your wife is like, you're a monster and I hate you? Well, we got, I haven't seen her since that discussion. Okay. <laughs> She's but I'm around. sure it's fine. Yeah. Uh, question from I Wonder Woman. I wonder, would you prefer to live in a world where Jack Kirby, as peak Kirby, had a defining hand in 1953 DC instead of Otto Binder, or Otto Binder as peak Binder had a defining hand in 1961 Marvel Comics? Whoa. Uh, what? Great question. I don't. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I'll just be honest about it. I wanted to fake an answer, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, I would want Kirby over in DC. DC just could be uh, weirder. I think weirder yeah. with or, an organized weirdness, which I think is what uh, what Kirby did so well. Like big swings into stuff, and I think it, I would like to see more of that in DC. Yeah. I completely agree, and I have nothing to add because you completely took my answer. Uh, this is from Josh. <laughs> what is a podcast that you love to be a guest on? Ooh, nice. Comic book club. <laughs> yeah. uh, God, it'd be great to have the pressure of hosting, you know, all yeah. the research. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, particularly right now, I don't listen to a lot of other podcasts just for time reasons, and I think people have talked about this. There are not as many people listening to podcasts just because there's not as much travel going on right now necessarily. Um, But I don't know. I listen to Doughboys a lot. Uh, That would be fun. I like weird food. I'd be happy to go on that. I love to do Doughboys as well. Um, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts actually. Um, All right. I don't know. (laughs) Wow. Is that the lamest flex? Yeah, that's a flex. 
I uh, actually listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, been on High and Mighty a lot. Uh, my buddy Gabrus's podcast. That's a fun. Have you been on it? Yeah, I've done that a few times. Oh, okay. Um, that's the show you came to see me at in Philadelphia. <laughs> uh, we got a couple of shout-outs here in the comments to Must Have Seen TV, which is our friend Brett White's podcast, all about very old TV. I've done that before. It's fun. He has you watch a very old sitcom and then chat about that very old sitcom. Uh, so that's mm-hmm. very much at Brett's wheelhouse, and it's enjoyable. Uh, well, a podcast I've been listening to a lot, actually, lately is Smartless. Um, Will Arnett, Jason Bateman, and um, Sean Hayes' podcast. They have very big celebrities on that, but that would be a fun one to do. Yeah. Uh, question from Joe. Is it believable for Godzilla to stand on top of an aircraft carrier alongside King Kong? And I think the answer is yes, if they're in love. What? Wow. Yeah, I would say no. I would say no, that doesn't their, seem possible. Their love will keep them afloat. Well, the question is, can they touch at the bottom of the, can they touch the the ocean floor? Mm. Hmm. And also, can they touch each other erotically? I'm very, I'm very nervous about that movie, by the way, because they're both my hero, and I don't want them to fight each other. <laughs> they're they're both a hero? hero. <laughs> yeah, man. Just ethically. <laughs> yeah. What do you aspire? I mean, heroes uh, often are something we aspire to be. What about? Let's take Godzilla first. What about sure. you? Do you aspire to be? Well, first off, Godzilla, uh, you know, rests. You know, he's left alone. And then when big things happen, they have to, like, wake him up. And he comes and saves the day. And then he goes back to his private life, you know. And I, I respect that. I look up to that. I think that's a, a good life Wait, you, you like his privacy on Monster Island? Yeah, yeah. I like the fact that people leave him alone. But then if something big happens, they have to come and get him and be like, hey, we need you for Mothra. And he's like, fine, okay. I'll set down this amazing book I was reading, and I'll help you guys out. I look. For, I do look forward to someday having to hike to whatever cabin you've sequestered yourself in, <laughs> and the future recluse to be like Pete. The the comic book club fans uh, want to know your take. <laughs> Just I'm a little audio recorder in my you hand. Have and, you have to come and get me. I will. I'll be the one to rescue you from yourself in, oh, in your Wolverine cabin. Get ready. The cabin's gonna be weird, man. Hmm. Uh, got a question here from First Hand Up Guy. Which MCU movies do you think people should watch before watching WandaVision? Uh, great question. Nat asked this question in our Slack, and I think we did not uh, answer it. <laughs> That's probably why I asked it again here. Yes. Right. That's good. He wants an answer. This man wants an answer. So our next question is... <laughs> oh. No, uh, I mean, honestly, it's hard to say because we've only seen the first three episodes at this point, and it certainly seems like it's bringing in a lot of MCU continuity, but as is... Uh, honestly, the funny part about it is, like, th- I don't think the relationship really follows at all from any of the Avengers movies. Like, maybe you want to watch Infinity War or Endgame just to get a yes. sense of I think you where need they to watch- ended up. I think you need to watch the spine movies. I think no, you need no. To watch. I think you have to go back and you have to watch Brady Bunch. Okay, you've got to watch Charles in Charge. Like you to really get all the references. That's what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you need to watch all of the Charles in Charge episodes. I mean, first of all, if they've done their job right, you don't have to watch any of them because hopefully they should give you the information that you know need to know in the scenes, and it's only richer if you've seen the other stuff. Uh, but as is, like Age of Ultron, certainly weirdly seems important. Uh, to this, uh, because you're going back to Wanda's origins. Uh, also, Infinity and Endgame, as Stray Bullet mentioned. Also, you might want to watch Civil War as well, uh, Captain America Civil War, just because, like, 
that developed the relationship a lot further. But how do you just watch Civil War? You would have to watch everything. Well, okay, let me throw this out there. You start with Iron Man, then you move to Incredible Hulk, then you move to Thor, then Captain America, then Avengers, then you do Iron Man 2. After you do Iron Man 2, I forget which one it came out. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, how dare you? Probably a Thor? Uh, I made it like six movies in. Thor the Winter Soldier. I don't know. <laughs> cool. Whatever the fuck. And you have those to watch... fucking movies are like way below Tom Baker, Doctor Who, and the convention thing. Honestly, wow. oh and God. be sure to definitely watch the, uh, Alex's short um, erotic thriller that he made uh, with featuring Vision, Scarlet Witch. Yeah, that's pretty cool too. There's um, a lot. Of... Again, honestly, like I really don't think you need to watch anything, but if you want to watch them, watch the Avengers movies. I, I would think, though, like I to your point, I think they do. You don't need to have watched Ultron to get the emotional stakes of what happens in the third episode. But I think if you want to know what the words mean that they're saying, you do need to watch that movie. <laughs> uh, ooh, lots of questions about hierarchies in here. Um, so I'll see what we can get to. Uh, but before we get to that, actually, Josh asks, uh, what is the topic, person, event or whatever that you'd like to see get the comic book history treatment? Mm, For those question. of you who don't know, Fred and Ryan have already done action philosophers, action presidents. Now they've done comic book history of animation. They did the comic book history of comics. I'm sure there's one more that I'm forgetting. But what else would you want to see? Mm, that's mm. a good um, comic book history of capitalism. I feel like they they talk about how money moves a lot in the mm. in their their series, um, and because it does sort of drive so much of history. So that would be a fun sort of uh, take or yeah. Comic book history of economics mm-hmm. explaining. some. Yeah. what about like the comic book history of soda, right? Pete, the soda nice. wars. I think, yeah. I mean, I would love to be able, if I was a kid, throw out my social studies book and they could redo that whole thing. Uh, but I would love to see like um, something that's very niche, a little bit like nineties cartoons or something like that, that mm-hmm. like the Fox. Saturday morning, cartoon uh you know kind of uh, i mean they said they're was, doing that as an issue of comic book history of animation <laughs> so yeah well, but i do to your point pete i do think like if they did a comic book history of like pop culture and hit each decade um from like the 50s 60s 70s 80s uh today? and today i knew you were going to say that um yes all right uh, let's go over here. I do not understand what this one is, but this is from Hollywood Homer. Fly Cheeto, bitten by a radioactive fly or bee, hero or villain, sold to DC or Marvel. <laughs> um, do you understand feel... that? Is that a I don't, but I, that does feel like a Marvel character. Okay. What do you think, Pete? DC or Marvel? Uh, Marvel. Uh, okay. I'm going to say DC. Hero or villain? Villain. Cheetos, Cheetos are up to no good. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Great question. Uh, Let's go over here. Jay Citizen wants to know, what's the hierarchy of comedy? There's been a fair discussion about that over the comments over here. Um, Um, What are the, what genres are we talking about here? Yeah, like what? I mean, probably improv, sketch. uh, What else? Stand up. Stand up. -up. Yeah, stand ups, uh, for better or for worse, probably number one, right? (laughs) <laughs> oh, interesting. The comments are, it seems like there's a fight happening here. Interesting. The fight seems to be between, between Nat and I guess Pete's girlfriend. Huh? I wonder if there's a punch <laughs> <Interesting>. coming. <laughs> uh, 
in clowns. So it's stand-up, sketch, improv, and clowns. Now, Alex, um, famously mm-hmm. married to a clown. Yeah. Well, so- I mean, there's there's different. I mean, there's vaudeville. There's a lot of different like styles that we could break down. But I mean, as far as like a hierarchy, I feel like you need the big ones to kind of talk about. You know, but I'm just wondering, like, what's how do you rank it? Like, what's funniest? Like, what's more influential? Like, what you know? What I mean, there's writings, there's novels. I mean, what are we? How do I we... love the not the novels about improv are my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> there's a great. <laughs> I think this is in terms of respect. We're talking about respect, right? Oh, oh we're respect. talking about respect. Well, yeah, honestly, yeah. it's changed a lot. I would think, especially in our time here in improv New York as comedians, not respected. Improv used to be top of the heap, and I think improv has steadily descended uh, uh, in our time here in this uh, brave city. I also think sketch has descended a bit. Sketch, I feel Mm -hmm. like, used to be a bit more on a pedestal. When I first started doing comedy, um, it was all about getting in the 50s, 1950s, getting your sketch group together and then um, becoming big, uh, touring, doing doing Mm -hmm. Aspen Comedy Festival, which since went away. And then I think, at least in New York... um, the comedy theaters here developed a house sketch team system. And that sort of did away with. Um, yeah. Kind of. Sketch into team. It. I think also yeah. a lot of it is like anybody who was going to do anything innovative there immediately migrated to YouTube. Then from YouTube went to Twitter and Facebook. And from there is now on like TikTok and Snapchat and whatever else. So they don't, you don't need to be performing live in New York at this point. If you've got a TikTok account, it's just not. Yeah, it's crazy. And in just individual performance sort of took over. That's why I think the rise of stand-up and um, character, uh, standalone character pieces have sort of replaced um, <laughs> Alex's. Uh, oh, he's he's, got, the, go. he's got the party monster set. <laughs> yeah, we got a quick question. This is a different user Walking from uh, Crazy Shoe 666 over here says, Hi, can you guys suggest a good movie about the New York underground since you live there? Maybe a film with a performer child star who sets traps in his home alone. Uh, great question. Uh, Why? I would Why say Panic giving... Room. <laughs> Panic Room is the answer to that. Thank <laughs> you for asking. Uh, we got one uh, last question here. Uh, this is from a follow-up from the Wananana. Uh, Does Alex's wife judge the other clowns to assign the position in the clown convention hierarchy? Thanks, Jay Sinison. <laughs> Uh, great question. Um, there is a hierarchy of clouds. I bet. Uh, she yes. was a Ringling Brothers clown, so she toured for years. There's Ringling Brothers clouds. There's Cirque du Soleil clowns, which are an entirely different thing. There's party clowns, party mm-hmm. monsters, if you will. Uh, and they're certainly at the bottom there. And then there's uh, creepy clowns. Yeah, and then there's like Pennywise's. <laughs> There you go. Known, known in the business as a Pennywise. <laughs> Pennywise is a murder clown. The food chain. Yeah, the murder yeah, clown. The murder clown, known colloquially as a Pennywise. <laughs> yes. Interesting. And, uh, guys, I think that's a great chance to move on to our next section, which is trivia. <laughs> oh, boy. And for that, what, what is that? I don't know. We're going to turn it over to Pete LePage for some All trivia. Right. If you want to do that, uh, just <laughs> raise your hand, uh, say, I want to play. Uh, either on YouTube or on Crowdcast, and we will welcome you into the stream, and you will win $25. So all you got to say is, me, oh, we got a... Hand uh, up. We got a hand up right here. We got a hand up. Okay, here we go. Moreland. I I mean, 
if I, I this is probably is going to happen, but I just hope that Adriel Moreland is in full clown makeup. <laughs> oh my god, that would be uh, that would be great. Very exciting. All right. Well, this is an opportunity to win twenty-five oh. free dollars. Hello, how are you, Adriel? Welcome. Comics. Welcome. Hey, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, sure. Thanks for jumping into the stream. Pete's about to do his classic explanation of what trivia is. Okay, so I'm going to read you a question, listen to all three possible answers, uh, get all three qu- questions right. $25 will be yours, okay? All right, so today's trivia is on topical comic news and a small yes. nod to the yes. legend James Lipton. Here we go. <laughs> And Pete, I just I just interrupt here. The main way I get my news is from He-Man, but the second way I get my news is from your trivia. Okay, great. Well, I hate to break it to you, but he died last year, so He-Man. <laughs> no, James. Lipton. Oh my God! He Who killed died. him? Was it Skeletor? Died tragically. Yeah, no, awful. he drank. Right. He drank two bottles of Mountain Dew back to back, and it killed. Him. <laughs> I'll get you every time. All right. Question number one. What new team will be determined by fan vote? What new team member? Is it A, X-Men, B, Justin's Beer Pong League, or is it C, John Travolta? So it's either A, which is the only one that fits the question, or you can be completely wrong and pick B or C. Sounds like A. (laughs) That's right. X-Men is deciding to fan vote, decide who's on the team. I hate but to tell you, Pete, but I'm, I'm doing the same thing with my beer pong league. Oh, wow. Really? <laughs> fan vote? Uh, yeah, you guys are not going to do well. You're not going to do well. You should pick on talent. Okay, here we go. Question number two. What is the name of the new creator-owned series uh, about a time bandit by Garth Ennis? Is it called A, Marjorie Finnegan, B, Madam Time Bandit, or is it C, Chloe Grace Moritz? So it's either A, or you could pick B, or you could pick C. Let's go with A again. A All is right. correct. I'm very excited about Garth Ennis' new book. Should be interesting. Here we go. Last one. Don't get cocky. Jason Aaron and Ed McGinnis back which 90s hit story? Is it A, The Onslaught Saga, B, Heroes Reborn, or is it C, shall I wait for Kevin to see if he's going to guess, Miley Cyrus. So it's Wow, he did it. Kevin guessed it at the it. same time he said it. Oh, wow, wow. <laughs> uh, I gave him a pause. I gave him a pause. So it's either Heroes Reborn or you're completely wrong. What would you want to pick? I, I, I did see it was Heroes Reborn. So yes. Yes. Nice. Uh, $25 to Midtown Congratulations. Comics. Uh, shoot uh, us an email at comicbookclubblive at gmail.com. We will get you that $25 gift card. Adriel, and, thanks for hopping before on. Before we let you go, Adriel, uh, you got a lot of shout-outs in the comments for both your T-shirt and the art on your wall. So <laughs> yes. uh, giving it up for like, a killer. listening Luke online. Luke Very Cage. cool. <laughs> Very cool Luke Cage T-shirt. Uh, thank you for hopping on. Have a good night. Thanks, guys. Take care of yourself. Hey, thanks, uh, All right. Uh, there we go. Before we oh. wrap up here. Oh, you, you want to guess, uh, is this a tribute to James Lipton? Yeah, the movie Bolt. <laughs> Bolt? Yep. It's Bolt. crazy to hear uh, someone ask seriously, oh, is this a tribute to James Lipton? 
Man. Sorry to interrupt, but is this just another tribute to James Lipton? The only movie I've ever seen is Party Monster. So. Mm-hmm. That's our homework for net- next week. Are you walking really... tour? Is, were you cracking <laughs> yourself mean, up the whole maybe. time? Maybe I'm just laugh. having a nice time. Uh, you know who else is having a nice time? You, as you're reading new comic books. DC stuff is out today. Everything else is out for the rest of the week. Uh, what are you looking forward to, Pete? Ooh. Uh, <laughs> I am me? <laughs> what a delight. Yeah. Usagi Yojimbo uh, Wanders Road number three of six I'm looking forward to. Nice. Uh, Justin? Just more Usagi going around. It's good um, stuff. Yes, uh, there are a lot of good things coming out tomorrow. One I'd like to shout out is uh, the upcoming issue of Daredevil, mm-hmm. um, which I have been really loving um, uh, Chip Zdarsky's take. And this is a, uh, a crossover with um, with the Venom story, the Venom crossover, uh, King in Black. So I, uh, I'm i very excited to see how it is handled while this, uh, the rest of the story moves forward. And let me throw it out to Strange Adventures 8 over on the DC side of things. Just a great book. Uh, I'm looking forward to the other history of the DC Universe. Number two is coming out. The first issue plumbed very deep into the history of Black Lightning. This one does some Teen Titans characters. uh, And John Ridley is just writing the crap out of this book. I'm excited to chat with you guys about it on the Stack Podcast that comes out in the Comic Book Club feed and also its own Stack feed uh, every Wednesday at 9 a.m. So definitely check that out. And folks... That is it for our show. Thank you for tuning in. Yeah. Thank you to our amazing guests, Fred Van Lente and Ryan Dunlavey. Remember to check out the comic book history of animation. First two issues from IDW on the stands. Now, next week, we're going to have two guests are going to be here. Sal Abinati is going to be here to talk about Comixology's The Hostage, a new book there. And because you demanded it, Giancarlo Boothman Prime is going to be Boothman here with Prime. us all show long hanging out. Uh, so that should be super fun. Uh, He's going to be on for the whole show? The whole show. Uh, Pete and I talked over the email. Surprise, Justin. Wow. You know, I never hear about the news of this show. <laughs> you got to watch He-Man. That's where I found out about it. A couple of other podcasts to plug. Riverdale After Dark, or Riverdale Podcast is back every Wednesday. Umbrella Podcademy, our Umbrella Academy podcast is up on Thursdays. Marvel Vision. Our Marvel podcast currently covering WandaVision is Friday's American Godcast. Our American Gods Godcast is on Sundays. Patreon.com slash comic book club to support the show. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or Fill the app of your choice. To subscribe and listen at Comic Book Live on Twitter. ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, watch Party Monster, everybody. Bye-bye. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.